Ethan Kale knew that he was followed. Like a fox running before hounds, he sensed Sephira Price's tufts bearing down on him, snarling like curs, determined to rob him of spoils he had claimed as his own. Even as the men closed on him, he himself pursued a thief, who had stolen a pair of ivory-handled dueling pistols from a wealthy attorney in the South End. His quarry, Peter Salter, led him out along Boston's Neck, the narrow strip of land that connected the city to the causeway across Roxbury Flats. British regulars had established a guard post at the town gate, and so before reaching the end of the Neck, the young thief turned off of Orange Street to cut across the barren lees that fronted the flats. Ethan could see the pup ahead of him, wading through the grasses. The western horizon still glowed with the dying light of another sweltering summer day, and a thin haze shrouded the quarter moon and obscured all but the brightest stars in a darkening sky. Not a breath of wind stirred the humid air, heavy with the sour stink of tidal mud. Even with the sun down, the heat remained unabated. The city itself seemed to be in the throes of ague. Ethan's sweat-soaked linen shirt clung to his skin, and his waistcoat, also darkened with sweat, felt leaden. His usual limp grew more pronounced with each step he took, the pain radiating up his leg into his groin. He hoped that the sound of his uneven gait wouldn't alert Salter to his pursuit, or allow Sephira's men to locate him too soon. If not for the concealment spell Ethan had cast, Making himself invisible to all, Sephira's tufts might have spotted him from a distance, and Salter would have needed only to glance back to see him. Still, Price's men dogged him, whether directed by his tracks or by Sephira's uncanny knowledge of all that he did, Ethan could not say. Ahead, the young thief slowed, then halted. He surveyed the ground before him, turning a slow circle. After a few seconds of this, he let out a soft cry and strode forward with greater certainty, taking three or four steps before stopping again and dropping to his knees. Ethan crept after him, placing his feet with the care of a deer hunter, and drawing his blade with a whisper of steel against leather. He could barely see Salter, who was hunched over, no doubt digging up the goods he had stolen. The pup was of average height and build much like Ethan, but he had a reputation as an accomplished street fighter. If Ethan could avoid a fight, he would. He knew, though, that the chances of this were slim. He continued to ease toward the man, but as he drew within a few yards, his bad foot caught on a clump of grass and he stumbled. He managed not to fall, but at the sound, Salter leapt to his feet. Who's there? he called, brandishing a flintlock pistol. Ethan cursed under his breath. Since the beginning of the city's occupation by British troops the previous autumn, it seemed that every man in Boston had taken to carrying a firearm. Every man but him. He scanned the ground at his feet and thought he could see a rock or clump of dirt just in front of him. He squatted, wrapped his fist around what turned out to be a stone, and tossed it a few feet to his left. It rustled the grass and landed with a low thump. 
Salter pivoted with lightning speed and fired off a blind shot. The report of the pistol echoed across the neck. Seeing no one there, the pup blinked once and let the hand holding his weapon drop to his side. Before the thief could do more, Ethan launched himself at him, covering the distance between them in three quick strides and driving his shoulder into Salter's gut. As they toppled to the ground, the pup flailed at him, using the butt of his pistol as a cudgel against Ethan's back. But Ethan had the advantage.